0: Hey, it's Chef Carla and welcome to Show Up Fully. This is a podcast that shares what it's like to show up for your real life, the magic and the hot mess, plus actionable tips and journal prompts for you. There's short podcast snacks and full-length interviews with creatives and entrepreneurs about how they show up in their lives. If you don't know me, I'm a food stylist and content creation coach. You can find me, Chef Carla Contreras, across all social platforms and more information in today's show notes. Today's guest is a repeat guest and I literally adore you, Victoria. Victoria Granoff is a food stylist, a director, and so much more. Victoria, I would love for you to introduce yourself and how you serve the world.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, I love you more than you love me. Well, you're right. I'm a food stylist, but you know, anybody who works with food now is kind of a food stylist. You know, it's sort of become a very broad term. So I'll raise you one by saying I'm a food creative. That's what I do. So any place where you can create around the topic of food, whether it's cooking food or talking about food or directing food or styling food or making food or writing about food, that's really what I do.
0: I love that new term. I feel like it encompasses so much more. And someone tried to coin me as culinary producer, and I was like, mm, that doesn't feel so good. But I do love this creative. You're as
1: much food creative as I am. Just, I mean,
0: it's a very I love it. term,
1: but if you're creating with about under up on top of in between food, whatever, <laughs> and I guess- you're You know, it leaves us so much more open because everybody is showing up in different ways now. You know, it used to be everybody just showed up. You know, if you did one thing, that's what you called yourself and that's what you did. But we have sort of a democratization of food culture right now where everybody can get their tentacles into all aspects of it. So to limit ourselves to one title is it was time for a new designation. So I just took it upon myself to designate.
0: (laughs) I love it, Victoria. I love it. I love the creativity that's involved in even doing that and like putting yourself into a space where you not only do one thing, you do all of the things, which is probably where you've lived for a very long time anyways. So I think that it's a very beautiful space to be in. I would love to chat food because Before we hopped on this podcast, we talked a little about purslane. So I usually ask guests, what was your last meal? But I'd love to like dive into this because I've never cooked purslane. And if people don't know, can you tell us a little bit about it?
1: Oh, gosh. Well, I'm sure you're better equipped to handle the wellness aspects of it, but it's gifts. It's a weed, like so many other wonderful weeds you know, it's forced to push itself up between concrete. So it develops a hardiness and it develops its own internal intelligence and it develops whatever it takes. It becomes really strong within itself. I feel like I'm a metaphor for purslane right there, right now. But, you know, I love weeds because they do that. And it's just sort of, it, I think it's a succulent and it grows on these kind of watery stalks. I just saw it Sunday at the green market, so I bought it because I usually just sort of chop it up and mix it with yogurt and lemon and that's that. But I don't know. I decided to steam it this morning, and it's kind of cool. I haven't done anything to it. I steamed it and then forgot that I had this call with
0: you, and so it's sitting here.
1: (laughs) But I think I'll just lemon juice and olive oil it, maybe some yuzu, kosho, or something on it.
0: I love it. I love how you talked about its energetic qualities. And I think that that's interesting. I took a class a million years ago, or at least it feels like it with Anne Marie Colbin of the okay. Natural Gourmet. She has passed away since, but I took a class with her on the energetics of food and we went like deep. Ooh. It was
1: Ooh.
0: fascinating. And I feel like I have this workbook still, but of like, all the different qualities. Like you talked about this weed and like it's mm-hmm. resilience and growing up. And I still think about this like on days where I feel like I'm like floating in the universe. Mm-hmm. I'm like, all right, I'm going to have some sweet potatoes or some potatoes so I can just ground Brandy. down. I need like some beets in my life. I need, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. uplifting qualities of, Greens in any form, like the, the purslane is is a weed, but like dandelion. Thinking about food in terms of that is really interesting.
1: Yeah, definitely. Well, dandelions are kind of my little tonic. That whenever I feel sort of a little low, I'll boil up some dandelions and eat that, and then drink the water afterwards because I feel like the energy that they embody, pushing up through all that concrete and rocky soil and wherever it is they grow. I just kind of take that on. You know, I need a little of that sometimes. So dandelions.
0: Dandelions are great too. I mean, they're also great. They're great for digestion. They're great if you have a stomach ache. They're great for like not so great things like food poisoning. Like I will say this out loud. I am not a doctor. I am a health coach. If you need medical attention, then seek that. But for me... I took a herbal medicine class with Dr. Aviva Ram, and one of her big things was using dandelion roots tincture. Now, using it fresh, I think, Mm -hmm. like if we talk from an energetic standpoint, like getting it fresh is such a revitalization.
1: Yeah. Well, I'm sure that the roots and the leaves, I'm sure there are different properties and different, I mean, medicinally for all of that, but Also dandelion, my aunt in Sicily, once I had a broken heart and she boiled, she went out right after a, right after a rain and got some dandelions and boiled them up and made me drink the water. She says, this will clear the broken heart. I mean, it definitely made me think of nothing else except bitter dandelion water. (laughs) It got my mind off of everything, but how bitter it was, but now I love it. I
0: really love it. Oh, I love this so much. I love this so much. So in our last podcast, which I will link to this episode, we talked about creativity and we went deep into creativity. And it's actually one of the most listened to podcasts that I have. People love this. We also talked about your viral chickpeas in it. And it was so great. It was literally so great. So I will link that here. But I would love to know, since we've last chatted on this podcast, how has showing up changed for you? How has it evolved? And what ways, because I got to witness such a beautiful fundraiser that you hosted, what ways did you show up for Ukraine? I would love to know more about that.
1: Oh, well, thank you. Well, you started it because I remember going, you had a fundraiser you were running a fundraiser for world central kitchen and I donated to it. And then there was a link there that said, you know, if you want to publicize this on your own page, I think I made a mistake actually and pushed the wrong thing and ended up loading a new fundraiser onto my site. I think that's what happened because I remember being a little confounded by their whole situation there. And I think I ended up loading my own and My son, I adopted my son as a single parent from Ukraine when he was a baby. So I have a connection to it. And I've also worked there. There have been, up until recently, a couple of really great production companies there. So I've worked there as well. And I have friends. So I have a connection to Ukraine. And the World Central Kitchen, I thought, well, of all things, I can just go volunteer at the front lines and cook, make borscht, you know, do something. And my son wanted to do it, too, because he's 18. What he really wanted to do was fight. And I said, well, how about if we cook instead? And so, you know, I contacted them, and they had not yet set it up, um, set up their whole volunteer program. So I just continued to post updates from friends of mine and what in real time, you know, what they're in Ukraine and what they were struggling with and how they were dealing with it with their families. And and then photo essay I had done with Louise Hager and Jojo Lee about, you know, my time in Ukraine adopting Theo. And I posted pictures of that. And, you know, it was just very much bringing the reality of it to people who were following me. And in the end, I raised... $25,000 for World Central Kitchen. Here's the part that still upsets me just a tiny bit. Once you've reached your goal, you push a button and they get the money and that's it. So it's, you know very streamlined process for them to get the money. But I never received a thank you. I never received any email from them even saying, we've received your money. Thank you. Nothing, absolutely nothing. And I sat on it for a few days and I thought, well, they're definitely busy. I'll wait. I'm sure there's going to be some computer-generated thank you at some point, but there never was. So I wrote an email, which I didn't send until the next morning, because I never send emails in anger or you know, high passion. <laughs> I never send passionate emails when they're written. I always sit on them for, you know, overnight because that can be dangerous. And I changed the wording a little bit. I and, mean, you know, basically I said, I'm a little disappointed. You know, I never received any kind of acknowledgement and I'm a, a big supporter and I'd love to volunteer and I haven't received anything. Anyway, on and on. Then I, I sent it and then I felt a little bit guilty. And for some reason, I called my agent and I said, you know, I just want to let you know out of guilt that I sent this email and I don't know how it's going to be received. You know, if someone calls you and complains about me, just know that I sent this. Well, I don't know how long it was. A couple of days later, I receive word that they would like me to style their cookbook. So I'm going to be going to Washington, D.C. in August with Kristen Teague, the photographer, and we're going to be doing their cookbook. So so we're talking about manifestation before we started recording, but I know that one thing had nothing to do with the other. In reality, that email, who knows, it's probably still in the bottom of someone's email pile. But there was something about the action that caused a reaction energetically. And so that's my thank you that I get to do this
0: cookbook for them. I love it. And I love that you put, they may not be tied at all, but energetically, and you know, we talked about food energetics and why not this, the email energetics of it, of that there was an action and there was a reaction.
1: And honestly, I have to say that I didn't want a thank you. I wanted an acknowledgement that I was in this with them and they understood that I was supporting them and we were in this together. I didn't want them to tell me how fabulous I was. And By offering me that opportunity to serve them further and to show up further for them by doing the book, that was more of a thank you than if somebody had written back and said, thank you very much for your generous donation. So honestly, it's just another opportunity to serve them. And that was more meaningful than anything they could have just generated.
0: I love that. And so it's coming from a place of service, which your fundraiser came from a place of service. You going to Ukraine and actually baking, because you baked bread, that was service. And now the cookbook is service because people are going to open up that cookbook and see Mm -hmm. those beautifully styled recipes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're going to see the work that World Central Kitchen does. So
1: I went, it wasn't with them and they actually opened up the volunteering, but the priorities went to people who lived in the region or who spoke some of the language. And I was none of that. So I just, my son and I just went, Theo, he and I just went and rented an Airbnb in Krakow. And we just went there and baked Easter bread, Pachka, Easter bread, and gave it out to people that we, organizations that were on the ground there for Ukrainian Easter. So we just did it. We were just baking around the clock for three days in our little Airbnb and wrapping it up and taking it all to
0: people who needed it. I love this, Victoria. It's so beautiful. Thank you. Can we talk about, because I love that you said that you sat on this email. Yes. You wrote an email in the moment, but you did not send that exact email. Can we talk about that process for a second? One of my core
1: beliefs is that no conflict or nothing is solved with the energy at which it's created or the level at which it's created. So if that's making me angry or that's making me feel some sort of way, and I try to solve it with that same energy and at that same level of anger, it's not going to be solved there. It's just going to become more of that. And so by waiting, and by waiting until I'm in a better frame of mind and until I can look at it objectively, because when you're too close to something, you can't really see it. And so with a little bit of distance and a good night's sleep, I was able to look back and say, okay, well, I think I can change the wording here and make this a more pleasant thing. And and it was really not about, I'm angry and you need, you know, you owe me this, you owe me that. It was just, I want you to feel, I want to be acknowledged for being in this fight with you and for serving with you. And I think the energy of, you know, whenever you're in some kind of conflict, if you try to solve it at that same place where the conflict is, it never gets resolved. It becomes more of what it is. It becomes a different conflict. You have to get to a higher place or a better place or a clearer place or whatever place seems to be more productive or a kinder place to try to address that. That I know to be true. You just can't. solve solved at the level where it's created.
0: I love this. Can we talk about Bittersweet? Because you put me onto a book that I feel like had a domino effect and brought me back to the Buddhist meditation practice that I had not done in a long time. So I would love to talk about bittersweet in your perception of bittersweet. It all
1: started by watching home improvement shows where they put those signs up in people's homes that say, you know, love family, be happy, you know, happy home, we're a happy family. And and I think, who are you trying to convince? It all kind of started with that. It's like the American obsession with being happy. We have this obsession with everybody has to be happy. Everybody has to be has to have a happy family and have a happy day and have a great day and all of this. And if everything is great and happy all the time, then you never get to experience what real happiness is because you need the sadness. You need those places of sorrow to carve out places where happiness can live. And I'm paraphrasing Gibran with this, but you know, if everything is always happy, happy, first of all, no one can ever be happy all the time. You just can't be happy all the time. So the happy begets the sadness. And then the sadness is wrong. So that begets depression. And then you never get to happiness. I think it was Pilar Guzman who posted about bittersweet. And to be honest, I haven't finished reading it, but it started me on this whole journey of realizing that it is real. What I've always felt is the sorrow and longing and all of this stuff that we try to exercise from our lives is really, this is useful. This is what ultimately gives us a feeling of contentment and happiness. I don't even know what happy is. I think contentment is probably moments of joy I don't even know what happy is. Happy is happy birthday, happy anniversary, happy home. But joy and contentment and things that are very, that are much deeper than that. You can't tell people to have them. You can't put a sign up. That's that's a practice. That's What did you get from it? I'm curious to hear what you got from it because
0: bittersweet was such a gift to me and I have not finished the book. I'll put the link in the show notes for people that want to read it. Yeah, But it did bring me back to a book that I was reading by Pema and I I have it next to me. It's called The Wisdom of No Escape. Ooh. And it literally, it's like a 30 day meditation book practice, but it's really, she talks about sitting with who you are, As opposed to trying to run away from your neuroses and things that you deem as wrong with you, because those things that we think that are wrong, such as like anger, are actually things that give us energy and give us light and make us the whole well-rounded person we are. Oh, absolutely.
1: There's a saying in Italian translated means, it takes the darkness to see the stars, And if you cannot see stars, if everything is white and clear and glowy and sunshiny, you can't see stars. You need a completely dark sky to see stars sometimes I just can't even stand Instagram because everybody's posting these like perfect pictures of their perfect food and their perfect afternoon collecting their perfect purse lane. This thing of purse lane came from the side of the road. It came from this guy was closing his stall. It fell on the floor. I didn't even wash it. I realized it fell on the ground on Carroll street. <laughs> and I just realized when you're talking about this, I didn't even wash this stuff. And, I actually cooked it in the same pan that I cooked my son's bacon in, and I didn't wash that out either. I just stuck the stuff in there, and the kitchen towel is now on the floor because I was rushing to get to the computer. I mean, nobody ever shows that stuff. Nobody ever tells those truths. That's what I want to see. That's what, that's what makes me happy when I see what are mis- mistakes. I don't even want to say a mistake because sometimes mistakes take us to such a better place. Like puff pastry was probably a mistake. They probably forgot to put the butter in the dough and folded it in afterwards, you know. That's what I would love to see are people's mistakes, and I agree with you. They bring us closer to the truth of everybody. They bring us closer to the truth. The truth is not those moments where we can achieve a, a perfect plate of food or something that looks beautiful The truth is in the moments leading up to it where you make the mistakes and you make the left turns and the right turns and dust your stuff off. And that's where you connect. I don't think you connect with perfection. You connect with the human moments. We connect with human moments. And those human moments are rarely pretty, to be honest.
0: Exactly. Exactly. They're rarely pretty. Yeah. And it's such a beautiful place to witness someone who is literally like living, as opposed to trying to be perfect.
1: Yeah, no, you can't be perfect and you can't be happy all the time. And I think it's so funny because I I think I was telling you this. We say if something, you know, like, oh, thank goodness it's light outside. You know, we'll say that very flippantly. Oh, thank goodness it's light about the stupidest little things that you really, it's nice to be grateful for little things. But in Italian, the word is, the term is menomale, which means the lesser of the bad. So it's not to say, like, when we say something like that, what we're saying is, thank goodness we're closer to perfection. When they say something like that, they're thanking goodness that it wasn't worse. So it's like the expectation is not that, oh, this coffee cup is making me closer to perfection. It's like, well, it's taking me away from something worse. So the perspective is totally different, and it doesn't set you up for the kind of depression that we have here. We have to rethink our feelings of happiness and wanting to be happy and having to be happy and what happiness is and if it even exists or if it's a sustainable state of mind. I'm going to say it's not.
0: I love it. And I would dare say, according to different traditions that it's not it's not an attainable thing it's not that someone looks for that and we can look at different like religions and different traditions it's not there and I do think for my great great aunt I remember her asking how are you she's like ah, I'm as and she's yeah. like, like "Like it wasn't like oh I'm great I'm doing amazing it was like oh I'm okay and, yeah. in, and in Spanish we have it like a cse like I'm I'm okay so, it's not, so in the middle so, so yeah like and I think that these are like beautiful expressions in other languages that don't lean into either or right right and everybody does live somewhere in the middle
1: you know, and that's good. I jokingly, sometimes when I'll get on set, people say, how are you? And I know they want me to say either, oh God, I'm just have the shittiest ride here, or I'm great. I know they don't want to really hear how I am. So I'll just say, oh, top of the world, top of the world. And everyone will laugh and go on about their business. Like, I'm clearly not on top of the world. Nobody's on top of the world. But okay, thanks for asking. If you said to somebody, honestly, just in passing, oh, good morning, how are you? And somebody said, I'm okay. Then they'd start getting
0: worried. But that's actually really our natural state. I'm okay. Okay. I say that, and it makes people very uncomfortable. It makes them uncomfortable, right? They, oh. I dare into that uh, space, and I say, oh, I'm okay. And people don't know how to take this. Yeah. They, I, yeah. It, it's okay. I'm like, oh, I'm okay. I'm all right. Yep.
1: I know. Isn't that funny? They're very inco- You're right. They're very uncomfortable with that. People want to fix it. Maybe with that signage. I'm sorry. It just makes me crazy when I see that signage. And it's always in the same font love our happy home, love family, happy home. It's always in the same font.
0: Well, we're writing outside of the lines, Victoria. I know. Uh, my goodness!
1: I just had a nibble of this purslane. How is it? It's got the most wonderful texture. It's kind of like, I said at first it was slimy, but it's not really slimy. It's kind of velvety and ooh, and it's, it is a succulent. So the leaves aren't, the leaves have some body to them
0: and some crunch, even
1: when they're Ooh, it's very nice, a very nice summer vegetable.
0: I can't wait to try it cooked because I've never tried it cooked. I think it's going to be so interesting. I have to find it in Jersey. And I'm sure that I could find it literally growing somewhere because I remember walking when I lived in the city in Williamsburg, there was like literally growing out of the sidewalk. Yeah. Now, would I have touched that one on Bedford Ave.? Absolutely, no. No, 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 I would not. No. but could I find it in a field here in Jersey yeah it and and cook it?
1: Yes, oh, you so could. I wonder if anybody goes for does anybody go foraging
0: out there where you are? I have a friend that owns a huge farm. He's actually uh, a guest on this podcast soon. So I Ooh. wonder if he has it. I'm going to text him or DM him and see if it's on his land. But I think that, you know, it's quite possible that I have friends that have it on their land.
1: Yes, like watercress too.
0: I've yeah, found- why not?
1: My streams, like little babbling brooks, just up
0: so delicious.
1: Let me know if you find any and I'll come out and forage with you. Oh, I would
0: love that, Victoria. That'd be fun. It's I so would fun. love it. It'd be so much fun. We could chat all day, but I'm not going to take up your entire time. I would love to know how we can find you, how we can work with you, how we can support you in any causes, because I know that this is definitely part of your heart. So I want to, I want to give you space for that as well.
1: Oh, that is so sweet. Thank you. You can always find me at victoriagranoff.com at victoriagranoff1f is my Instagram. You can always DM me there, vgranoff at gmail.com. Through there, you can find my reps for directing and styling and all that other stuff. But I think what are my causes you know my cause right now is to figure out is to help my son figure out what his passion is so that he can make a transition into post high school as you know he has autism so that's a bit of a that's a bit of a struggle world central kitchen is always something oh i feel like i was not prepared for that i'm in a very like june and july i'm in this space of helping him and really working with him on his educational journey. But then I'm taking a watercolor class. Then I'm going back to my World Central Kitchen work. And I will probably also, I'm just kind of wanting to do cookbooks for community gardens here in New York. You know, there's a one in the Bronx and there's one. And so I think I'm just going to start Go. I had so much success just kind of freestyling it in Ukraine and doing that th- that work that i think i'm just going to start introducing myself to people at the green market who have community gardens and volunteer to make books for them i don't know how you can support that but putting that out there in the universe so that's that
0: i love that i love that intention and i think that you know just even you saying it and bringing it out into the world and who knows who knows maybe your beautiful watercolors will be in this book who knows? You know what? And I tell you about thank you.
1: the The thing about the watercolors is that if we have a couple seconds, but yeah, of course, is that when I've I've started doing this directing, I've been doing it for a few years for big brands and. The process of that is very different than what I've been used to. One part of the process is that they choose three directors and then they give you the creative brief and you have to write a treatment. And the treatment is a multi-page document with visual references and descriptions and lighting and mood and look and feel and camera movements and all this stuff. It requires a tremendous amount of energy and creative energy. And you have a 33.3 chance of being awarded the job. And if not, that's energy that's just been expended for nothing other than to have already pulled images that you might use in another thing, you know, but that is a good solid week or two weeks of expended energy and creativity that has no return. And so I started to feel resentful and depleted going through that process because, you know, I'll get like once every four jobs, four treatments, I'll get something. And so I felt the need to really kind of replenish those lost creative juices by just bringing in another discipline and bringing in another avenue for creativity that had nothing to do with that. And so, yeah, I haven't done watercolors for a really long time. So, I'm looking forward to getting back into it and yeah, and offsetting that output by something that gives me something back, which is going to be my own work anyway. So,
0: I can't wait to see it. Thank you. Well, who knows what's going to happen? It may be just a bunch of poppies. I while. love poppies. You know, this my business is called Poppy, my content creation lab, it's called the Poppy Content Lab. I love poppies. What? Yes. Yes. So I was thinking of a business name because I teach content creation to other entrepreneurs and Mm -hmm. creatives. And I was like, well, what am I going to call this? And I was in a Wegmans, which we have in Jersey. And I was like going through the baking aisle and I saw this giant bag of Bob's Red Mill poppy seeds. And I was like, what if I called it poppy? And so I call all of the people oh that are part of Poppy, poppies. It's like the cutest thing and it makes me, oh, it makes me and other people very happy.
1: Oh my gosh. Yeah. I grew up with California poppies, California state flower. Oh, I love it. Sweet. Okay. Well, I'll be sending you watercolor poppies <laughs> for a while. Who knows?
0: I love it. This has been so much fun. This has been such a joy. Thank you so much for coming on and oh, and just sharing with me. And I just adore you and I adore talking to you. And I am so, so, so grateful for you, Victoria.
1: Oh, as I am for you. Thank you so much. And I hope you have a really joyous, joyous summer where you can see the stars in the darkness and all the different textures of life.
0: Thanks so much for tuning in to Show Up Fully. I am your host, Chef Carla Contreras. You can find me, Chef Carla Contreras, across all social platforms and more information in today's show notes. While you have your phone open, please leave a review on iTunes or Spotify. This is how other people find this show. You could also send this as a text, an email, or posts in your social feed. I really appreciate your support. Sending you and yours love. Bye.